whenever my daughter has one of her good friends over who has a nut allergy, I always reach for made good snacks. As a matter of fact, that's how we discovered them. I was looking for something that was nut-free, also dairy-free, and turns out they're fantastic. And so we get them whether her friend with the allergies comes over or not. Made good snacks are baked with good intentions like organic ingredients, whole grains, and hidden veggies. They're free from common allergens such as peanuts and dairy. They are packed with nutrition and awesome taste. Granola bars, mini bites, Rice Krispie squares, cookies, and more. Grab some today and pack them in your kids' school lunch or in your purse. Learn more at madegoodfoods.com. New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. My co-host Andrea is away today. I am so excited to have the wonderful Liz Weiss back on the show. She is a registered dietitian. She is the go-to if you want to make real food for your family. LizIsHealthyTable.com. Hi, Liz. Welcome back. It's so good to be here. Oh, it's so nice to have you. You know, Liz, I got really excited about this a wonderful thing that you're doing. I went to your site on your blog, Reduce Your Kitchen Carbon Footprint, Compost Food Scraps, and Kitchen Waste. I have to say that I'm the worst because, I mean, all, you would think 50 people lived at our house on Recycle Week. I mean, we barely have any garbage. We have tons of recycling. But yet the compost thing, I just haven't done. Okay, that's not true. I tried it once and then, <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. So so help us out. How do we get started with this? And then let's talk about all those great benefits of actually composting your food scraps and kitchen waste. Sure. Well, let me just back up and say, you know, there's all this conversation about sustainability, right? We want to eat these sustainable diets. We want to be, uh, you know, eco-friendly. And so what I really want to remind people of is that instead of just focusing on like little specific foods you're eating every day, I want people to focus on their eating habits. So are your habits eco-friendly? Are your habits designed to lower your carbon footprint or your greenhouse gas emissions? You know, we want to, I want to really empower everybody in their own home kitchens to really make a difference, right? So many, many things we can do. And I've started this new series on my blog, Reduce Your Kitchen Carbon Footprint. And every month I'm challenging people to do one new thing, to start a new habit. So the first thing for me was composting. And I'm I'm with you, Lisa. Like I was a composting flunky. Like I could not (laughs) figure it out. And I had the compost bin in the backyard and my husband's like, I see that it's creating new habitat for mice, but I don't see anything (laughs) breaking down here. You know, we can't really put this stuff back in the soil because it's just sitting there. It's not doing anything. So um, I ended up hiring a, a third party, a service that literally comes through my community every Thursday and picks up your organic kitchen scraps and your household organic waste, and they compost it for you. So oh, that's awesome. Why is it important? Like, Why are we all talking about composting? Oh my gosh, so many reasons why it's important. Well, for starters, and this is so cool. Like when I learned this, I couldn't believe it. You think about, oh, it's a banana peel. Oh, it's a carrot peel. Oh, half an apple. We never ate it. We threw it away. But it's biodegradable. It's fine. Into the garbage it goes. It'll go to a landfill. Life is good. But the problem is that when all that organic matter, that food waste, those scraps, when that goes to a landfill, it ends up getting kind of buried and covered. 
and it um, becomes like um, anaerobic, meaning there's no oxygen that it can connect with. So as it rots, it breaks down, but the bacteria that break, that break it down are anaerobic, meaning they, they function without oxygen, and that gives off greenhouse gases. So it's really, it gives off methane. And so instead of composting where they're aerating it and they're turning it and everything's working synergistically and it's breaking down and then you can end up like mixing it back into your soil to make your soil healthier in your garden, let's say, what happens in that landfill is that it just rots and it gives off these greenhouse gases. So we want to get all those scraps out of landfills. Landfills are filled with rotting food. We want to get that out and we want to start to turn it into compost, which we can then add back into our soil and then we'll have healthier soil. So it's all, it all makes sense when you think about what's happening in the landfill. And I'm telling you, people waste so much food in this country and we can certainly talk about that because that's really at the root of it. And all that wasted food 40% to be exact, if it's ending up in a landfill, that's bad news. I had no idea about the landfill. And mm -hmm. the, I mean, I'm just blown away right now. <laughs> I was blown away too because you think, oh, it's biodegradable. What's the big deal? Or you're going to put it down your trash compactor and it's, but it ends up in your waterways. And your water doesn't appreciate all that organic matter because that affects everything about the water. It, you know, you hear about these algae blooms, algae blooms, right? Not a good thing. Why are we adding all this stuff into our water? Why are we adding it to landfills? We want to turn it back into soil. That's what composting does. That's the beauty of composting. So when we're composting, you have a company, or you don't have a company, but you use a company mm -hmm. uh, that comes once a week and they pick it up. In the meantime, though, what do you, what do, you do with it? Do you have a bucket? Do you have a container? Like, give us, like, walk us through, you know, make it even more fun. Why don't you share one of your favorite recipes that ends up with a lot of vegetable and fruit waste and uh, tell us what you do with it. <laughs> now, I sprung okay. this on Liz, so... <laughs> That's okay. Well, you know, I'll tell people, go to lizeshealthytable.com, go to the blog, and you'll see a bunch of recipes. So let me give you an example. So I have a recipe that's on my blog right now for beef bourguignon cooked in the pressure cooker, the Instant Pot. Oh, I was looking at that. I just got an Instant Pot. I made stew. It was really good. And then since then, I just forget about it. So I was like, okay, I got to get back to my Instant Pot. So thank you. <laughs> they collect dust. So you're going to dust off your Instant Pot or your slow cooker because the recipe works in either. And you know what? I got this recipe originally. It's from a book called From Freezer to Cooker. So I can't take credit for this recipe, but I did share it on my blog. And um, it called for three pounds of beef. And I ended up cutting that back to a pound and a half because I wanted to go heavier on the veggies. So I'm an omnivore, right? And I eat lean beef, I eat fish, I eat chicken, and I eat lots of vegetables. And it's the veggies, interestingly, that tend to create a lot more waste. People, they're perishable. People tend to waste more vegetables. They tend to have a lot of scraps that end up coming. You know, you're peeling the carrot, you're peeling the banana. So anyway, so I've got the pound and a half of the meat and I've got carrots, but I'm peeling those carrots and I have onion, but I've got the peel that came off the onion and I've got mushrooms and I've trimmed my mushrooms. So there's a little bit of, you know, waste resulting from making that one recipe. So what do I do? Well, I keep a bowl on my kitchen counter, which I line with just this little, what looks like a plastic bag, but it's kind of this biodegradable bio bag. And I actually buy them through this company that I've 
hired. You know, I pay $99 a year for this company. It's called Black Earth Compost. They're very big here in New England. And um, anyway, so I, I have, you know, my little bio bags that I fill up. And, and in the morning, by the way, I had my cup of coffee with my little filter and that goes in there. And I might've had an egg with breakfast and the eggshell goes in that bio bag. And as the day goes on, this bag kind of fills up. So I just literally kind of close it and I pop it in the fridge at the end of the day. And as soon as it fills up, I do one of two things. I either put it in my freezer because maybe I'm going to be out of town on pickup day or I go out to my garage where I have this little bin. It's this little green bin. It's maybe three feet tall. I got it from my Department of Public Works because they have a partnership with Black Earth. And I line that with another bigger bio bag. And all this stuff's going to break down when it's composted. So through the week, because it's the winter, um, I don't mind chucking stuff in the garage. If it was the heat of the summer, no, I'd probably just put it in the freezer until pickup day. Anyway, I, I you know, as the, as the week goes by, this bin in my garage gets more and more filled up. And then on Thursday, I just wheel it outside. Black Earth comes by, they pick it up. So it's a little bit of, it is forming a new habit. You know, with, when my son was home from college over the break, I was like, Simon, do not put the banana peel on the garbage. Or if we'd have um, stuffed, like roasted and stuffed acorn squash at dinner, that you know, peel the, the skin of the acorn squash. We're not going to eat it. I said, nobody throw it away. Or like, like the, you know, uh, an avocado, you eat the avocado, but you're not going to eat that hard skin. Don't throw that away. I'm picking stuff out of the garbage. So it's like, I don't want stuff in a landfill. Come on people. So it's a, it's a, like a mind shift. You know, I just made a cup of tea before hopping on the call with you and that tea bag goes into my little bowl. And at the end of the day, you know, that's going to be part of all that organic matter that's going to end up in that bin in my garage. Yeah, you know, a lot of people who are home gardeners, they'll do their own composting in the backyard. And there's a lot more technology out there now. You can buy different uh, little uh, bins that kind of you can crank and turn and aerate. So there's different different strategies for how people do it in their own backyards. And then as the organic matter composts or breaks down and becomes soil-like, they just turn that into their soil. And, you know, it, it nourishes the soil. So your plants grow, your flowers, your vegetables to be more beautiful and hardier, but also it prevents water runoff because the soil becomes more uh, in, reinforced, if you will. So it's so important for soil, healthy soil pulls carbon out of the atmosphere. Plants pull carbon out of the atmosphere. You know, you're out there driving your car. That carbon from the gasoline, you know, it gets burned and it gets chucked right up into the atmosphere. We want to sequester it or draw it back out and put it back into the soil. Plants eat carbon. They breathe carbon. So we we want healthy soil. We want lots, lots of plants. But if you're not going to compost at home, then I say two things. Call your DPW, your Department of Public Works, and ask them if your community is doing this. That's number one. Or if there's a place where you can drop it off each week. Or ask them if there's a third party in your community that is picking up compostable material each week. There's ways to think through it. And I will tell you the other interesting thing Sure. is that, and this really surprised me, when I looked through the list of what can be composted, it includes things like the skin on chicken, chicken bones. Like when I was trimming that lean stew beef for my beef bourguignon, 
there was a little bit of fat trimmed off here and there, that can be composted. So it's not just your vegetables, but it's also any meat. Oh, this, the, um, like shrimp, you know, the little, uh, the shells on shrimp, you know, that or a lobster, maybe you have a lobster bake, all of that can be composted. The, the paper towels, you know, like the, the roll inside the paper towels. So there's a lot on that list when you start to kind of dig in, like, what can I compost? But I will say, if you think about, you know, that we're wasting 30 to 40% of our food in our personal households, that is staggering. That's something else we could talk about because there's so many great ways to cut back on food waste. But remember, it's mostly those perishable fruits and vegetables that people are wasting more than, say, if you're having, you know, stew, beef stew for dinner or something, you know, meat, chicken, uh, fish, very precious to people. But vegetables, for some reason, we, you know, I guess it's partly, Lisa, like when I was making the beef bourguignon, I might have used half a bag of carrots, right? Or half a bunch of parsley to chop it up and use as a garnish on top. And then you kind of forget about it. It's like, oh, gee, that parsley is still in the fridge. And ooh, it's icky now. I got to get rid of it. So you see what I'm saying? Like, I think people, it's, it's a, we have to change our habits. We have to be thinking mindfully when we shop, when we cook, when we eat, how we can minimize our personal impacts on climate change. And we have the power to do that. Yeah, we really do. You know, it's interesting about the planning. Uh, I've been getting much better about not wasting vegetables, like not letting them go bad, because I'll think to myself, okay, so I'm going to have how many salads am I going to have this week? And I want green onion, I want tomato, I want that broccoli slaw with the carrot mix in, I want the beet, you know, whatever it is. And then I try to just get enough just for those salads. And then there's not and it's made a big difference. I'm not finding that disgusting, soggy, moldy, (laughs) watery, you know, know. bag. But what are some other things we can do to reduce Mm -hmm. that waste, Liz? Yeah, you know, and it's interesting, because a new study came out last week, I believe it was from Penn State, And they found that 30% of the food in the average household is wasted. Now, um, interestingly, bigger families waste less. Well, it makes sense, right? More mouths to feed. So when you buy that supersized bag of carrots, well, that gets eaten up. Uh, So bigger families waste less. People from lower socioeconomic households, so people who might rely on the SNAP or, or food stamps program, they waste less. Food is much more precious to people. And um, also when people have to travel far to get their food, that food's more precious to them as well. It's a lot of effort, right? And then um, people who plan, people who go to the grocery store with a shopping list, they waste less because they are very organized and they know exactly what they're going to make that week. And they're not impulse buying like, Hmm, I'm going to get all of, you know, that frozen, whatever. And, you know, when you impulse buy, you don't always eat. Or you might say, oh, yeah, I'm going to grab that box of whole wheat pasta. But then you get home, you're like, oh, I already have three boxes of the half-eaten whole wheat (laughs) pasta. Come on. So go with your shopping list. But some other ways to cut back on food waste besides really planning is um, one of the tips I love which is to repurpose leftovers. So uh, the beef stew I made, I froze half of it. I'm not going to eat it all like in one day, right? So I'm going to have that over the next few months. You can, um, if you've got like a green onion leftover, a few tomatoes leftover, uh, half a bunch of parsley leftover, pop it in the freezer. And then when you're making a big soup, just pop it in the soup. 
You know, so these are things, you know, just label the bag and then you can use it for soups down the road. Really planning. Like on my website, I have a free seven-day meal planner people can download. I have an aisle-by-aisle supermarket shopping list people can download. Be prepared when you go to the market. And then something else that I love, well, two more things I'll share. One is, you know how people do um, Taco Tuesday or, you know, um, Pasta Friday or, you know, whatever, themes. Make Wednesday whatever Wednesday. And on whatever Wednesday, you're just literally going to kind of cobble together leftovers, that half a box of pasta, you know, whatever you have. And you're going to create a meal based on food that you might otherwise end up throwing away. So that's a great family activity on a Wednesday night. And then one other thing, I was thinking about this when I was making a um, red lentil soup the other day, and I was using cauliflower. And I realized that I threw away, or I composted, all of the green, the, the green stemmy part of the cauliflower. And then I'm like, Liz, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? The next time I bought cauliflower, I cut off the green stem those, you know, it's, you know, you ended up with, you know, a cup's worth, wash them. And then when I roasted the cauliflower in the oven, I added the stems as well. And they tasted great. It's almost like fennel in consistency, you know, if you roast fennel. So you don't have to compost the cauliflower leaves. You can eat those cauliflower leaves. You could do the same with banana peels. Now I have not done this yet. I don't know if you have, but I just Googled this today. You can turn banana peels. Well, apparently, you can wash them and you can add them to smoothies and just pulverize them and they're part of your smoothie. You can pick, yes, you can dice them up and pickle them if you have a little leftover pickle juice from a jar of pickles. And then you have a nice banana peel pickled condiment to have the next night at dinner. And then you can candy them. So you can um, create like a simple syrup with water and granulated sugar, add your chopped banana peels, boil them up till they kind of caramelize, maybe 10 minutes or so. They'll just, the liquid will get golden. Pour it out onto a baking sheet lined with parchment and just let it dry. And it becomes like a brittle, a banana peel brittle. And that you can use as a topping for ice cream for dessert or, um, you know, on, on yogurt, let's say plain Greek yogurt. So there's so many creative things you can start to do in the kitchen to reduce your food waste in addition you know, to the composting that hopefully everybody can start to do this year. That's great. Have you tried the banana peel? I have not, but I am so going to do that. I love that idea. And I keep hearing, you, know, you always hear chefs talking about stuff like that. And you think, wait a minute, can I do that in my home kitchen? Yeah, chefs start lots of trends. I don't know if you're familiar with chef. The Chef's Manifesto, it's a group of chefs yeah, from around the world who are really working hard to create more sustainable food systems in their communities, starting at their restaurants. And um, they talk a lot about repurposing leftovers because they have manpower and woman power. They have a lot more equipment than we have. So I'm like, wait a minute, what can we do in our own home kitchens? You know, how can we learn from those chefs? Yeah, I'll have to try that because I don't like bananas, but maybe the peel... It's probably going to be banana-y, but maybe it'll be a little bit different. It's mostly the texture of the bananas I don't like. I have a texture thing. 
So, and so does my daughter. She doesn't like them either. So we rarely have bananas unless my husband's in the mood for one, but I might have to just buy a banana and just try that. You know, the thing that I've been doing, Liz, which I love is I'm loving these meal kits. They are incredible. Yes. I've been, I use Sun Basket, which is great. I have nothing to do with them. I wish I did. They're fabulous. And then I use the ones I find at Whole Foods. The Amazon meal kits are great. Tonight I'm going to be making, uh, it's some kind of like salmon with fettuccine and a dill cream sauce. And, you know, I mean, there's just so many different things. And then the only thing you're wasting, which now we don't have to, because we can compost it is, you know, actually the garlic's already peeled that they send you it with, at least yeah. with the sun yeah. basket. I think it is with the Amazon one, but whether it's, um, uh, hello fresh, or I forgot the other ones. It, it's oh, blue it, aprons, a big one, yes, right? Blue apron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm finding it fabulous because it takes a, what am I going to make for dinner out of the equation? They're usually pretty fast. I mean, I also like to make my own recipes. Um, I love your recipes, but it's just, it's just a nice thing to have. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought it up because that is a really important tip for people. You know, if you can, if it's within your budget, you know, to, to utilize a meal kit, it really is great because instead of buying a pound of carrots, they send you three carrots or, you know, whatever, whatever the recipe calls for. And, and I, I will say Lisa, and I want to back up because I want to clarify something that I said earlier. You know, I talk a lot about, we all do about sustainability. I want to eat a sustainable diet and sustainability, this and that. I want everyone to realize that there's really four kind of important pillars of sustainability. So sustainability means that that food is grown in an environmentally friendly way. So how is it grown, raised, harvested, transported? Uh, does it promote you know, biodiversity, meaning it's not like a monocrop, but there's a lot of other plants you know, on that farm? Does it use natural resources like water efficiently? So that's, that's important because even like the transportation, you, know, you buy broccoli, it's grown in California. Well, it's transported to the East Coast. How was that packed in that truck? Was it efficiently packed? How did it, how was it refrigerated? That's the environmental piece. And then there's the societal piece. How does that food impact and contribute to the local community? So is there a ranch? Um, you know, I have, I know of a, a, a gal, maybe 10 miles from my house who raises cattle, right? She's got this ranch and it really, it makes a difference for the, the, not just her family, but the community around her, how her workers are treated, how the animals are treated, right? That's the societal impact. There's the nutritional impact. Is it nutritious? Is it dense, nutrient dense? That's important. That makes it sustainable. And then um, is it economical? Like, is it affordable, right? Because not everybody out there has a lot of disposable income, right? We need to consider how that food, that sustainable food can be utilized by the community at large, right? There's so many things that go into sustainability. It's not just like one single food, it's it's a system. And, and we can really all play an important role in maintaining and nurturing that system. And I believe lots of little changes add up to monumentally big impacts. And so if we're all composting, that's a good thing, right? If we're all using, you know, reusable shopping bags and not cutting trees down for shopping bags, that's that's a good thing. It all adds up. Yeah, that's true. It really does. Liz, I was so lucky to be on your fantastic podcast. Tell us a little bit about it. 
Sure. So the show is called Liz's Healthy Table, and I record a show every other week. I've been on the air for three years. My previous show was called Cooking with the Moms, so people might know me from that. I was one of the first dietitians, maybe the first in the country, maybe the second, to have a podcast. That started in 2008, but Liz's Healthy Table, or LHT as I like to call it, that started three years ago. And my goal with the show is to have guests most of the time to come on and really talk about how we can get healthy meals onto the table easily, affordably, quickly, uh, nutritiously. Is that a word? Nutritiously. But (laughs) in a nourishing way. And I just, I love giving people ideas for what to serve for dinner, right? So, you know, I walk in the door, um, I've had a busy day, I'm not a good planner, what can I pull out of my pantry? Or we're on the move all the time, we need to eat healthier snacks because I'm eating all this packaged food and I know it's not good for me or my family. So it's really focused on recipes, ideas, tips to just get people back in the kitchen, eating together, enjoying their time together. And of course, eating sustainably, you know, that's something that I'm really getting more and more into uh, over time because it's just, I think as a dietitian, nutrition and sustainability, especially food waste really go hand in hand. I I used to say, Lisa, that we cannot expect kids to eat a healthy diet if the food doesn't taste great. And that's super important because if they don't eat it, it's not going to be nutritious. But the same can be said for food waste. If we're wasting all this food, all that nutrition is going down the drain. All that money is going down the drain. I mean, if you think about it, if I say to you, this new study shows that 30% of the food in each household in this country goes to waste, you know, one out of three calories or nearly $2,000. You'd say, what? Yeah. So you walk home from the supermarket or you get home from the supermarket, you've got your reusable bags, you're feeling good. And you take one of those bags and you instantly throw it and it's contents away. That's the equivalent of, of, of wasting 30% of our food. So we really need to start to make that shift. And we want those nutritious foods to end up in our bellies and not in the garbage, right? So that's an important part of nutrition to me. Yeah. Well, Liz, you're going to have to come back because you're just incredible. Again, the blog post is Reduce Your Kitchen Carbon Footprint, Compost, Food Scraps, and Kitchen Waste. Liz's, so it's L-I-Z-S, healthytable.com. Liz, how else can we find out about you and your wonderful work? Well, number one, keep your eye out for the February challenge, which is going Ooh. to be to reuse, uh, use reusable shopping bags. Like each month, I'm going to give you a challenge and imagine all the great changes we're going to make at the end of the year. But um, so I'm on Instagram as Liz Weiss and also Twitter as Liz Weiss. And then you can find me at, on Facebook at Liz's Healthy Table. And then, of course, my podcast is on uh, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, or you could just come on over to my website and listen there. You know, you could just go right into the show notes from each episode and click the player and hang out and listen that way. So I would totally welcome people to come over and visit with me and then to also share, you know, what they're doing in terms of sustainability in their own home kitchens, because the more ideas that we can share with each other, the better. Well, I wish Andrea was here today. She would absolutely love this and love you. I want to thank you so much. Everybody go rate, review, subscribe, and you can follow us on social media at Lisa Davis MPH, at Naturally Savvy, at Andrea Donsky, and at Your Radio MD. Thanks for listening and stay well. Whenever my daughter has one of her good friends over who has a nut allergy, I 
always reach for made good snacks. As a matter of fact, that's how we discovered them. I was looking for something that was nut-free, also dairy-free, and turns out they're fantastic. And so we get them whether her friend with the allergies comes over or not. Made good snacks are baked with good intentions like organic ingredients, whole grains, and hidden veggies. They're free from common allergens such as peanuts and dairy. They are packed with nutrition and awesome taste. Granola bars, mini bites, Rice Krispie squares, cookies, and more. Grab some today and pack them in your kids' school lunch or in your purse. Learn more at madegoodfoods.com.